Well, it's nice to be back. I had been in on the road um, meeting with some friends of our community for some future ministry we're going to be doing here. And I also did uh, some symposiums on suicide. And it has become such an issue that we don't hear about. And so many people are asking the question, why? Why are these numbers of people taking their own life going up? Why? And as we put in our book about suicide, it is the flesh and the world and the devil that want to take us and separate us from God. And we are separated from him. We have less hope. We don't have sometimes any hope. And so our job as Christians is to instill hope in the world. And what is the source of that hope? Jesus Christ. But yet people, many don't even believe he is who he is. And that's what this gospel passage is about. Now, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and really many of the common people, their objection, or the objection was that they knew Jesus and his family and where they had come from. So this must not be the Messiah. Many believed that the Messiah would be born in David's town of Bethlehem. And I'll have Brother John read passage 844 from the diary where Faustina actually meditates on Bethlehem. Now, what is the meaning of the word Bethlehem? House of bread. It all ties to the Eucharist. But anyway, they did believe this. They would come from there, but they believed that nothing else would be known of him. And yet here they knew of this Jesus guy, his family and Mary and Joseph, and they just believed he would suddenly appear, so to speak. So Jesus didn't measure up to this kind of standard that the Jews uh, expected, that there would be this kind of mystery. And I've done talks on Melchizedek, and that's kind of the, the point that they were looking for, this high priest that comes from where they don't know or how they don't know. But anyway, in answer to this objection, Jesus made two shocking comments. And you may or may not have caught this. First, he said that it was true that they knew who he was and where he came from. Well, this kind of shocked them because they're like, we're not supposed to know this. Remember, the Messiah is not who they thought they were. The Messiah to the Jews were somebody who was going to come and overthrow Rome, the, the physical oppressors of Israel, not understanding that this Messiah, the true Messiah, was going to come to overthrow the sin, the shackles of sin. It was very much true in the reality that he rather came directly from God. So you know what? In essence, they didn't know where he came from. So he does fulfill that. So he then explains where he comes from. He comes from the Father, but you really don't know him. So he's basically saying, I am basically what you think I am because you think that I come from Bethlehem, which I do. I was born there. But you're supposed to be thinking that the Messiah, I'm not, they're not supposed to really know much about him. Well, they don't. He's saying, you don't know anything. Because they come from the Father, who you don't even know. And second, he said that the Jews did not know God, 
but he did. Now, this is shocking because this was an insult to tell God's chosen people that they did not know God. It's kind of like our world today. It's a shocking insult to tell somebody you're living in sin. Don't you tell me that. Don't you insult me. And so the reality of the truth gets criticized, gets um, attacked. Nobody wants to hear the truth. And so it was an incredible claim that Jesus was making that he alone knew God and no one else did. And so this is why he's come to reveal the father to us. Now, you all remember, you've heard me say this before, but it fits perfectly. <clears throat> How do we know our faith? Okay, it, it, it starts with God the Father. Even though they're all equal, they're, they're, they're three in one, God the Father, okay? Now, how do we know God the Father? We know God the Father because the Son came and revealed him. And the image of divine mercy, which we'll be talking more about as we approach Divine Mercy Sunday, is the picture of the Father's mercy. That's why the encyclical Misericordia Voltus is the face of the Father's mercy. So if you could somehow encapsulate the mercy of God the Father, if you could somehow capture it, if you could somehow see it, you have it. It's the image of divine mercy. That is the face of the Father's mercy. So how do we know God the Father? We know him through the incarnate Son. Now, how do we know the Son? Jesus made it very clear. There's only one way you can know me, through the Spirit, through the paraclete. So the way we know God the Son is through the power given to us in the Holy Spirit. Even the disciples didn't know Jesus until the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. They didn't really fully understand until they were enlightened by the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And so you, you know the, the Son or the Father through the Son, and you know the Son through the Holy Spirit. Now, that's where non-Catholics stop. But the greatest way to know the Holy Spirit is how? His spouse, the Blessed Mother. She's the daughter of the Father, so she can also, in a way, show us God the Father. She is the mother of the Son, so she certainly can bring the Son to us. And she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to get back to God the Father, from which we all came, and now we want to get back to, go back the way it came. Start with Mary. Mary leads us to the grace of the Holy Spirit, her spouse. The Holy Spirit gives us through the blood and the water on the divine mercy image, which is the Holy Spirit, leads us to the redemptive act of Christ and divine mercy Easter Sunday and divine mercy Sunday. And through Jesus as the one mediator, we go back to the Father. Now, Mary is not the mediator, but she is a mediator because the word in the Greek, eis, is not used monos. In other words, the Greek uses the word eos, which means one in a series, which means Jesus is the main, but we have little sub-mediators. You're a mediator if you pray for your family. You are a mediator if you pray for your children. 
The word in the gospel is not monos. Monos would mean there's not even a submediator, but the word es that's used in the Greek means there's a series of smaller ones underneath Jesus Christ. He's the main way back to the Father. The only way you can get to the Father is through Jesus, but we have different ways we can get to Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father, but there are many ways we can get to Jesus. We can get to him through your parents, through your children, through your spouse. You know, I, I, I knew Jesus Christ because we went to Mass. You may have found him through, through uh, live streams. You may have found him through The Chosen on TV. Wh whatever it is that you find Christ, that's how you find him. Now, there is one great turning point in Jesus' life. And you probably didn't catch it, but it was right here in the Gospels. It's one of the greatest turning points in Jesus' life. Did you catch it? Right here. Up to this point, the authorities had looked on him as just this Sabbath breaker. Up to this point, the authorities just saw him as just a problem, kind of this annoyance. But now he is guilty of the ultimate sin, blasphemy. Because he is claiming he knows God unlike any of these other people. He was talking of Israel. He was talking of Israel and of God in a way no human had the right to talk about. He now entered into a whole new realm. You ever wonder why Jesus died? You always hear me say Jesus died because the penalty for sin is death. But why to the Jews did he have to die? Or to the, uh, to the Romans or to the Jews, why did he have to die? Because of blasphemy. We know now, Christians, why he had to die to pay the penalty for sin. But to the Jews, why did he have to die? Because of blasphemy. So this is the turning point in the life of Christ. And we didn't even really hear it. So this is precisely the choice which is still before the world today. Who is Christ to you? Either what Jesus said about himself is false in which case he is guilty of such blasphemy as no other, other man had dared to utter. So either what Jesus said of himself is false, and he is a blasphemer, or what he said about himself is true, in which case he is who he claimed to be and can be described in no other terms than the Son of God. This is the gift we have been given in our faith. Do we have any idea how important the gift we have been given in our faith? Every man has to decide and will be given a chance to decide, are you for him or against him? You know, one of the reasons I think all this craziness is happening right now is because there is no way that we are going to meet our maker someday. And we all will. We just finished filming uh, for EWTN. We're doing a four-part series on our EWTN show, which is Wednesdays at 6.30 Eastern time on the four last things, things you don't hear much from the pulpit anymore. What are the four last things? Death. Judgment, heaven, hell. And so I did a show on each one of them. Brother Mark and I have been editing it and going through it. And we will. I just finished filming the judgment episode. We will go through two judgments. Do you know that? Everybody thinks we just go through one judgment. There's two judgments. You'll go through your particular judgment, 
and then the general judgment. In the particular judgment, you'll learn about the effects of what your sin, how, uh, how it affected your life and, and what you, God wanted you to be and what you ended up being. If you fulfilled your telos, you became what God wanted you to be. In your particular judgment, you will learn that. Then in the general judgment, guess what? You're going to learn about how your actions affected the entire world. For instance, if you had an abortion, you will learn about all the other people who were never born because of that choice you made. Or if you chose to, to one, forgive somebody, you will learn the effect of what it had on that person. And you'll also learn about the particular judgments of everybody else. Oops, ow, you know, that's going to be a very awakening moment. But remember, Satan can't bring up sins you've confessed. Get to confession. If you've confessed a sin, it is gone. The only way that Jesus would bring it up at the general judgment, if it's for a greater glory of God, like, you know, he might bring up all my sins of the past to be able to say, okay, this man was broken, but with his, with God's grace, he became a priest or you, you're, you were, you were uh, addicted to drugs or, or whatever sins, and then God's grace, you, you accepted and you responded and you returned your life around. That would be the only reason God would bring up those sins that you've confessed. But sins you haven't confessed, Satan will have a free-for-all. Don't let him do that. Get to confession. And so we will all die. We will all have our judgment. But none of us will be able to go before God and say, Lord, I really didn't know that you wanted me to defend life. I was told that it was just a lump of clay or a lump of tissue, that it really wasn't life. Or, or Lord, you, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Um, um, I was told by, by the school that, that marriage can be redefined. Or I was told, told by the media that, that marriage can be redefined. No, Christ is giving you a choice right now to be able to choose him for him or against him. Nobody will be able to say, I didn't know these things. Now, back 100 years ago, it was a little more difficult because we didn't have the understanding of what we do now. There wasn't talk uh, back then about transgenderism. There wasn't talk back then about redefining marriage. It wasn't even contemplated. This is all the demonic evil that has come about in Satan's last 100 years. And so he's unleashing on the earth these attacks and God is allowing it. People get angry. Why would God allow Satan to attack the world so much like this? Because we were given a choice. You're either for me or against me. And this is what Jesus is saying right here. Every man will have to decide. Are you in favor of Christ and what he teaches? Is marriage between man and a woman as God teaches? Or do you want to redefine it? Do you still hold to the Ten Commandments or do you want to write your own? These are the questions. We have made that choice and we are fine if we follow what God has given us through our faith. If we go to the grace of the sacraments, but how are we doing? Are we doing this? Are we helping others to do it? As shepherds, we are all shepherds, not just the priests, all Catholics. As shepherds, we are teaching others. You are supposed to teach others, convert them, hope them, show them to live by example. And that is what Jesus came to show us. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. He just showed it. Why do we want to follow him? Because he will show us who the father is. Why? Because we too want to be in eternal life. 
And the only way we can do that is to be Christ-like. And to be Christ-like starts with accepting the teachings of God. And how do we know the teaching of God? Through the scriptures and his church. That is how we know the teaching of God. And when we know the teaching of God and live the teaching of God, then his death means something for us because then he paid that penalty. They put him to death because they thought he was a blasphemer. Why he was really put to death was to pay your penalty for sin, which is death. All you have to do is accept that. And how we accept it is by following the way he gave us to live. And this world has completely forgotten it, completely. And so let us pray. Let us pray that somehow in the smallest of ways, we can be that light of Christ here on earth Why there's still time. Jesus told St. Faustina, and he made it very clear, turn now to my mercy. This is the time of mercy, because after this, I will come as the just judge. After this, there will be no more mercy. The time will have ended. We need to turn to God's mercy now. Turn now, he said. This is the time of mercy. After this will come the time of justice. And those who don't pass through the doors of his mercy must pass through the doors of his justice. And as I always say, I don't know about you all, but I'm not making it through the doors of justice. Well, I got to have the doors of mercy. So let us stand together, go together through those doors, through those doors of mercy right now, why there's still time. And the time is really going to hit its maximum in a couple weeks on Divine Mercy Sunday. Stay with us as we'll be approaching that most important day. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.